Section one of the cynical Miss Catherwaites. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. The cynical Miss Catherwaite by Richard Harding Davis. Part one miss catherwaite's collection of orders and decorations and medals was her chief offence in the eyes of those of her dear friends who thought her clever but cynical all of them were willing to admit that she was clever but some of them said she was clever only to be unkind young fun bibber had said that if miss catherwaite did not like dances and days and teas she had only to stop going to them instead of making unpleasant remarks about those who did so many people repeated this that young fun bibber believed finally that he had said something good and was somewhat pleased in consequence as he was not much given to that sort of thing miss catherwaite while she was alive lived solely for society and so some people said not only lived but died for it she certainly did go about a great deal and she used to carry her husband away from his library every night of every season and left him standing in the doorways of drawing-rooms outwardly courteous and distinguished-looking but inwardly somnolent and unhappy she was a born and trained social leader and her daughter's coming out was to have been the greatest effort of her life she regarded it as an event in the dear child's lifetime second only in importance to her birth equally important with her probable marriage and of much more poignant interest than her possible death but the great effort proved too much for the mother and she died fondly remembered by her peers and tenderly referred to by a great many people who could not even show a card for her thursdays her husband and her daughter were not going out of necessity for more than a year after her death and then felt no inclination to begin over again but lived very much together and showed themselves only occasionally they entertained though a great deal in the way of dinners and an invitation to one of these dinners soon became a diploma for intellectual as well as social qualifications of a very high order one was always sure of meeting some one of consideration there 
which was pleasant in itself and also rendered it easy to let one's friends know where one had been dining it sounded so flat to boast abruptly i dined at the catherwaites last night while it seemed only natural to remark that reminds me of a story that novelist what's his name told at mr catherwaites or that english chap who has been in africa was at the catherwaites the other night and told me after one of these dinners people always asked to be allowed to look over miss catherwaite's collection of which almost everybody had heard it consisted of over a hundred medals and decorations which miss catherwaite had purchased while on the long tours she made with her father in all parts of the world each of them had been given as a reward for some public service as a recognition of some virtue of the highest order for personal bravery for statesmanship for great genius in the arts and each had been pawned by the recipient or sold outright miss catherwaite referred to them as her collection of dishonoured honours and called them variously her orders of the knights of the almighty dollar pledges to the patriotism and the pawn-shops and honours at second hand it was her particular fad to get as many of these together as she could and to know the story of each the less creditable the story the more highly she valued the medal people might think it was not a pretty hobby for a young girl but they could not help smiling at the stories and at the scorn with which she told them these she would say are crosses of the legion of honour they are of the lowest degree that of chevalier i keep them in this cigar-box to show how cheaply i got them and how cheaply i hold them i think you can get them here in new york for ten dollars they cost more than that about a hundred francs in paris at second hand of course the french government can imprison you you know for ten years if you wear one without the right to do so but they have no punishment for those who choose to part with them for a mess of pottage all these she would run on are english war medals see on this one is alma balaclava and sebastopol he was quite a veteran was he not well he sold this to a dealer on warder street london for five and six you can get any number of them on the bowery for their weight in silver 
i tried very hard to get a victoria cross when i was in england and i only succeeded in getting this one after a great deal of trouble they value the cross so highly you know that it is the only other decoration in the case which holds the order of the garter in the jewel room at the tower it is made of copper so that its intrinsic value won't have any weight with the man who gets it but i bought this nevertheless for five pounds the soldier to whom it belonged had loaded and fired a cannon all alone when the rest of the men about the battery had run away he was captured by the enemy but retaken immediately afterward by reinforcements from his own side and the general in command recommended him to the queen for decoration he sold his cross to the proprietor of a curiosity shop and drank himself to death i felt rather meanly about keeping it and hunted up his widow to return it to her but she said i could have it for a consideration this gold medal was given as you see to hiram j stillman of the sloop annie barker for saving the crew of the steamship olivia june eighteenth eighteen eighty eight by the president of the united states and both houses of congress i found it on baxter street in a pawn-shop the gallant hiram j had pawned it for sixteen dollars and never came back to claim it but miss catherwaite some optimist would object these men undoubtedly did do something brave and noble once you can't get back of that and they didn't do it for the medal either but because it was their duty and so the medal meant nothing to them their conscience told them they had done the right thing they didn't need a stamped coin to remind them of it or of their wounds either perhaps quite right that's quite true miss catherwaite would say but how about this look at this gold medal with the diamonds presented to colonel james f placer by the men of his regiment in camp before richmond every soldier in the regiment gave something toward that and yet the brave gentleman put it up at a game of poker one night and the officer who won it sold it to the man who gave it to me can you defend that miss catherwaite was well known to the proprietors of the pawn-shops and loan offices on the bowery and park row they learned to look for her once a month and saved what medals they received for her and tried to learn their stories from the people who pawned them or else invented some story which they hoped would answer just as well though her brougham produced a sensation in the unfashionable streets into which she directed it she was never annoyed 
her maid went with her into the shops and one of the grooms always stood at the door within call to the intense delight of the neighbourhood and one day she found what from her point of view was a perfect gem it was a poor cheap-looking tarnished silver medal a half-dollar once undoubtedly beaten out roughly into the shape of a heart and engraved in script by the jeweller of some country town on one side were two clasped hands with a wreath around them and on the reverse was this inscription from henry burgoyne to his beloved friend louis l lockwood and below through prosperity and adversity that was all and here it was among razors and pistols and family bibles in a pawnbroker's window what a story there was in that these two boyfriends and their boyish friendship that was to withstand adversity and prosperity and all that remained of it was this inscription to its memory like the wording on a tomb he couldn't have got so much on it anyway said the pawnbroker entering into her humour i didn't lend him more'n a quarter of a dollar at the most miss catherwaight stood wondering if the lewis l lockwood could be lewis lockwood the lawyer one read so much about then she remembered his middle name was lyman and said quickly i'll take it please she stepped into the carriage and told the man to go find a directory and look for lewis lyman lockwood the groom returned in a few minutes and said there was such a name down in the book as a lawyer and that his office was such a number on broadway it must be near liberty go there said miss catherwaite End of part one.